0: Chapter 59 He did, and Whitehall did, and as events unfolded, it appeared that Virgil was right too, and it was advisable to trust the man of experience. For the Kaurava sat at home while the provisional legislator carried on without them, gaining neither the advantages of being in office within the country, nor those of leading a glorious crusade in exile as Pandu was doing. In due course, other parties and alliances staked their claims to form ministries in some of the provinces and when it suited them, the British admitted these claims. The Muslim group of Muhammad Ali Karna, which had failed to win a majority in any of the provinces, formed minority governments in three where the Kaurava ministries had resigned. They set about systematically increasing their following through every means at their disposal. One story quoted Karna as saying, We shall win the hearts and minds of the people, however much it costs us. Thwarted, frustrated, excluded, the Kaurava Party chafed in its self-imposed irrelevance. Then, in a desperate and not entirely well thought out bid to regain the political limelight, the party met under Gangaji's chairmanship and proclaimed a new campaign of civil disobedience. The message to the British was simple and direct. Quit India. Oh, Ganapati, how those two magic words captured the imaginations of the country. The new slogan was soon all over the walls. It was chalked, scrawled, painted on notice boards, on railway sidings, on cinema posters. Little newspaper boys added it sotto voce to their sales cries. Times of India, quit India. Times of India, quit India. The magic refrain was taken up by chanting crowds of students, office-goers, political workers, hoarsely orchestrated by the Kaurava Party and its vociferous cheerleaders. QUIT! INDIA! QUIT! INDIA! QUIT! INDIA! The words beat a staccato tattoo on British ears. They were the heartbeat of a national awakening, the drum roll of a people on the march. It lasted 24 hours. Oh, there may have been sporadic resistance in some parts for a little longer, but the organized movement to get the British to quit India was snuffed out within a day of its proclamation. The Raj had been watching the Kauravas closely, very closely. It arrested the principal leaders within hours of the Quit India call, in one notorious case arresting a dilatory working committee member as he was coming out of the meeting hall. I had gone to the bathroom when the others dispersed, Ganapati, if you must know." By the next afternoon, the lower level organisers, the men who actually got the crowds onto the pavements, who told them where to march and led them in the sloganeering, were behind bars. It was all over before it began. At least, the non-violent campaign was. Jaiprakash Drona, tutor to the Pandavas, abandoned his charges to wage a one-man battle against the Raj. He blew up two bridges and derailed one good strain before the long arm of the law caught up squarely with him on the tip of the jaw. He was interned in a maximum security prison, and the only insignificant result of his bravado was that the education of my five grandsons suffered.